0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's
2: the art and science of money.
1: My job has been to try and figure out which is which.
2: It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto. With Hi-Fi portfolio managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. It is Saturday night.
3: It's Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Good evening, my friends, brothers and sisters. I am Wolfgang Klein, money guy from Bay Street, here to help you have more of it. And of course, uh, there's strength in numbers and uh, the Wolf on Bay Street is a team. Jack Hartle, my partner, uh, portfolio manager as well. Jack, how you doing? Very well, Wolf. Good to be here on a Saturday evening with you as always. Yeah, we're going to uh, hopefully uh, help the audience, uh, give them some financial tips, some financial ideas. And again, in, in the world of money management, uh, it is not an all-or-nothing business. Diversification continues to reign supremacy uh, for long-term investors. If you speak with successful investors, they are diversified in their position. It's an interesting affair. We're just about to speak with a college student, and uh, the college student, of course, is taking finance and very keen on the markets. 20 years old. And uh, I'm told that he has uh, a position in a stock, and the stock is Tesla. And uh, Jackson, I sort of giggled uh, off air because I think buying any stock individually uh, in and in of itself is a education. And you better make uh, mistakes early. Not that buying Tesla is a mistake, but buying one stock uh, perhaps can be a mistake. And buying only stocks can be a mistake. And hence the uh, the adage of a balanced or moderate approach to money management, which means spread yourself around, have some cash, have some blue-chip stock, and Well, Mark Goldfield is going to talk to us about the bond market. (laughs) Academically speaking, uh, the textbook says you should hold some bonds at all times in your portfolio. Uh, I'm not sure if Mark is aware that interest rates are zero, and I hope he <laughs> not making any money. Uh, but Mark also is a great guy. I, I, I admire him. He's, he's a bang-on rock star when it comes to the world of bonds. And when people think of bonds, they often um, take their hand to their mouth and start to tap it, uh, and then their eyes get heavy and they sort of fall asleep. But uh, <laughs> it need not be that way. Uh, the world of fixed income is, is a key part of a balance sheet. Uh, that's right. It is debt, uh, assets plus uh, uh, liabilities, right? Owners' equity. That's what it's all about. So, Mark, thank you for joining us on the show. Um, you manage somewhat $8 billion. You're the head of uh, fixed income. Um, and, sorry, sorry, and the company you represent currently, because the world's always evolving on me here, is IA Clarence? I
2: am. Uh, no, I'm still with Canoe Financial. Canoe Financial. I, 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 I do love those A. guys at, A, at IA as well, they know what they're doing. Indeed they do.
3: (laughs) Well, Mark, uh, here we are. Uh, I'm going to share with you a couple of uh, stories. The first story is I bought myself a new house. You're aware of that. Um, And and part of the reason for me buying a new house at the age of 55 for the first time in 20 years took on some debt is because someone was willing to lend me a lot of money at 1.6. 5%. 5%. And again, if the bank's willing to lend me money, the bank is still going to make money. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't place the loan. And they make money by taking your deposit, uh, listeners and friends at home, and paying you virtually zero on them. And so, Mark, if you're out there buying bonds and investing in bonds. Goodness gracious, how are you able to make a return in a near zero rate environment? And before you continue, the central bank in America said interest rates are going to remain as accommodative as possible until 2023, which is three years forward.
2: Well, Wolfgang, is the uh, question of the moment for fixed-income investors and the construct of getting into a bond market. And, you know, what your listeners may or may not appreciate, sadly, is that as interest rates drop lower and lower, bonds become more volatile just through the mathematics of, uh, of, uh, of, of bond math, as it, as it were. And so as you get lower and lower in rates and your volatility goes up, you think you'd be paid with higher yields, which, of course, we're not in this environment because uh, coupons are very compressed and there isn't a lot of yield in the marketplace. Five-year government of Canada bond today yields, you know, in the neighborhood of 0.4%. So, you know, you buy a corporate bond that has another 75 or 80 basis points, and you're still only getting 1 one to one quarter percent So, yes, difficult for us to make money in these kinds of environments. But I think your listeners also need to know is that the bond market's Every bond is going to pay cash flow. Every bond is going to have a coupon on it, and that is going to be part of your return. The other part of your return is capital gains due to changes in interest rates and changes in what we call credit spreads or the risk premiums um, that we get paid for lending money to a corporate over a government because, of course, corporate bears more credit risk. And in our world today, even though the yields are very, very low, they aren't at zero yet. They are on an administered basis in the United States overnight, but there is still some slope to the yield curve. Our belief is that uh, the markets today, stock markets, um, are up on a big flush of optimism, a big flush of um, optimism. potential vaccination uh, of return to normal and we just don't see that flight path that clearly. We feel the economy was already soft coming into 2020 and COVID just made it a lot worse. We see activity levels that have absolutely resurged since the lockdown but have settled in at levels that are well below uh, where we were and we're approaching the fall winter season. So my expectation is that we're going to still see downward pressure on the yield curve. So one year, two year, five year, ten year bonds. And as those Rates compressed down to zero, the price of the bonds are going to accelerate now listen i i'm not i 'm not suggesting everybody goes out and leans in a huge amount of bonds today because it 's the buying opportunity of the century. What I would say to you today <laughs> is that i 'm much more concerned that we 're going to have an equity market sell off and a good high quality investment grade bond portfolio can provide some great contra um, Price move to that and really smooth out to the point that you were making earlier about diversification. So, um, if I'm wrong and everything's fine and we're we're off to the races and Biden wins the election, we get a huge fiscal stimulus package that's not max, matched with you know massive amounts of tax increases and uh, we find a vaccination, and we start to get back to a mobile economy again. Well, your equity, equities are going to actually perform great and your bonds aren't going to perform that great. But to have a little bit of insurance in your portfolio, I think is very, very important. So I don't think it's a negative return world for bonds. I don't think it's a fantastic world for bonds. I, I mean, if I if I can produce over the next 12 months, two, three, 4% for a client, I think I'd, I'd be happy to provide that return. I'm not happy they're going to be with that return. But remember that that value of those bonds in your portfolio is more than just the return they're going to provide, but the contra correlation or the opposite move that they tend to take when equity markets sell off. And that's the reason why we would continue to say in an uncertain environment, even though rates are very low, it still is a good idea to have some bonds in your portfolio. Uh,
3: Mark Goldfield, head of the fixed income portfolio with Canoe Financial uh, friends if you've been listening to Mark uh, uh, I think you're hearing some different language it's it, 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 it's, it's the language of a bond
1: man we're uh, not
3: we're not talking gains <laughs> but it's very important language to learn. And if you have any questions, WolfgangKlein.com is the site you want to go to. Uh, visit us. Uh, please reach out to us. We are here for you. Jack's here for you. I'm here for you. My team is here to help you. Um, and then let's carry on, Mark. You're, you're, again, I just want to, I want, to, I want to remind the listener that you are um, continuing to call. You're continuing to call for a lower interest rate environment. So the question again remains: uh, How? You make money in the bond market? What's the likelihood of making money in the bond market? Uh, we're going to go to break. Get right back with my good friend, Mark Goldfield, head of fixed income for Canoe Financial. He's a very, very smart man. I promise you're going to learn something. Stay tuned. More show right after this.
0: Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion
2: about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio,
0: 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Welcome back. Hi-Fi Radio, a show about high
3: finance, Take little high fidelity always. Routine. Helpful for the cause. And it's, hey, Saturday night. What a great night to be spending an hour with you, my good friend. It is a show, as I said, about money. My name is Wolfgang Klein. Any questions for Jack or I, WolfgangKlein.com is your financial one-stop resource. Really, it's all you need. Partners like us to help you through uh, challenging times. And good days of course, will return. Happy days, of course, for all of us. And hey, it's Saturday night. We made it through the week and uh, we're going to continue to succeed. I can promise you that. Uh, We bring you the finest guests, the brightest minds available to finance and from Bay Street and Wall Street. Mark Goldfield is one of those individuals. Mark has a very challenging job. He's trying to make Investors' money, uh, $8 billion worth of investors' money in the bond market. Um, Mark believes interest rates, in fact, could continue to go lower. Um, and really, that has been the trend, uh, Mark. Um, but I want to throw it to Jack for a second here because, Jack, you're a student, and I really appreciate your... your your. Um, uh, Discipline at, at, at maintaining your studies because uh, we are all students of the market. Mark Goldfield is a student of the market. I'm a student of the market, as is Jack Hartle. Uh, Howard Marks readings, as soon as they come, and uh, Buffett's readings, as soon as they come, Jack is the first to read them. Uh, then he gives me the Coles Notes version, and, and really entices wow. me to go into further depth. The last Howard Marks piece that was uh, penned, uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, but what Howard Mark said, and, and Jack and I speak about this all the time, I want to throw it to you, Jack, here. But Howard Mark says as interest rates go lower, um, uh, all asset prices go higher because the present value is no longer discounted at such a high rate. So the present value is, in fact, the future value and if rates continue to fall, the present value becomes worth more money. That's complicated math behind the speak. But, Jack, I want you to touch on Howard Marks and throw it over to our good friend Mark Goldfield from Canoe Financial. Thanks, Wolf. Yeah, no, Howard was really talking about the fact that uh,
4: equity markets and all asset classes really uh, are priced off of fixed income. Fixed income is considered uh, the risk-free rate of return. Um, so Mark's talking about interest rates remaining low and lower for longer. So if, if you could, Mark, maybe just speak to how that discount works. And uh, it's not only equities, but also real estate uh, assets as well. Any cash flowing asset, when you have a low interest rate on the uh, the risk-free rate, which is typically uh, short-term government bonds, um, uh, forces other asset classes, especially those cash flowing assets, to appreciate in value because that cash flow stream uh, is
2: more uh, more coveted. Yeah. So uh, you know, in in, in, God, in an effort to to hopefully uh, explain this correctly. So what happens is is you're trying to take the net present value of future cash flows that a business can produce, and part of that's tied up in how how a business borrows, and a business borrows in the marketplace, in the corporate bond market, which is priced off that risk-free curve that you were talking about. So, you know, if your propensity is for lower and lower interest rates, therefore, you would discount your cash flows back at a lower interest rate, which makes the value of those future cash flows more compellingly large today. So, in the, in the and, and if you think about it from an economics perspective, companies now... Um, can borrow um, off, you know, let's just say in the United States, a 10-year treasury bond is 0.85, and credit spreads are also quite narrow right now. So a single-A company can borrow for 10 years now in the neighborhood of one5 to 2%. Wow. Um, so the ability to deploy that capital back into their business, and then when you discount those future cash flows back at a lower interest rate than the interest rates that we've experienced over the last 30 years, it does add, it, it, it creates... A greater net present value of those those companies, and, and that would be reflected in the stock prices. So, I do agree with Howard that you know, in a world of lower for longer, um, you can start to expand the multiple or the number of times um, a stock stock's price trades versus its earnings, and it really brings into question the long-term historical multiples on the market. If you look at them as a comparison, you say today's market is expensive because we're trading at such a greater multiple. I think that you have to have in your mind there that interest rates are likely going to stay very, very low and pin close to zero for quite a long period of time. I mean, Wolf said 2023, according to the Fed, and I think that's probably pretty likely. I think where you have to be concerned now as as an investor is any kind of signal out of the central bank that they're going to start to pull away from the zero interest. rate policy. But what I would say is that the Federal Reserve Board especially has much more of a deflation problem than an inflation problem. They have recognized that. They've moved to an average inflation target, which allows them to allow inflation to run hot for a long period of time. And the only way inflation is going to run hot is if the Fed keeps administer rates as close to zero as they can. And that's one of the reasons why I still feel good about the bond market is because I think if we get any of the inflation vigilantes in trying to sell Bonds to move rates higher to produce a better real rate, I think the Fed's going to come in with what they call yield curve control and start buying treasuries on the other side to keep borrowing rates, not only overnight, but all the way out to 30 years, very low for as long as they possibly can.
4: Mark Goldmark, you you, you touched on the 10-year uh, the there, and that's one uh, key metric that we do follow. Um, the 10-year yield in the U.S. right now is uh, about 8.2%, or sorry, 0.82%, so yep. just under 1%. But that's actually been rising quite significantly. So um, it bottomed out at just below uh, 0.4%. So the yield curve is rising, meaning interest rates on the longer term um, maturities are increasing. Um, What is that telling you about the market? Because right now as an equity investor, I see that as a a very positive sign that the fixed income market is starting to believe um, the recovery of um, both the economy and also obviously equities and other
2: asset classes. Well, Jack, as we speak, you know we're we're right on a you know sort of key technical resistance level for higher interest rates at around eighty-five basis points in ten-year Treasuries, and I think what you've seen um, really, you know, since the you know the point four that that was really. Um, On the back of the initial lockdowns, uh, equity selling off in a hurry, flight to quality or flight to safety into Treasuries drove interest rates very low and an expectation that, you know, with the uncertainty on the economy and and hearing, you know, 30 to 50 percent downgrade to GDP forecasts, which actually did happen in the uh, in the second quarter, although greatly um, recovered. What I'm trying to say here is simply is this, is that the interest rate market is is now um, telling you that there's the potential for economic growth to pick up. I think that what we're seeing with the steepening in the yield curve is also consistent with polling in the United States that's showing a greater chance of Biden winning and also taking uh, Congress and the Senate, which would allow him free reign to issue tons and tons of fiscal stimulus in an effort to, to um Support the economy. In, the, in that world, bond investors are going to start to be concerned about greater growth and potential inflation. And I think that that's what you're seeing reflected today. Although this 85 basis point level, I think is very key. I believe it's going to hold.
3: Uh, Mark Goldfield, Head of Fixed Income, Canoe Financial, uh, brilliant speak uh, in a very complex world, hence the need to work with professionals. You don't go it alone. Uh, Mark, again, one of the tenets of holding a balanced portfolio of various asset classes, again, bonds, we call them fixed income, but Mm -hmm. bonds should be part of a portfolio because bonds In a normal world, you tell me what normal is, I'm not certain, Um, (laughs) but in a normal world, bonds are are to be somewhat negatively correlated to stock. What I mean by that, when the stock market goes down, the value of a bond tends to go up. Um, So Mark, which bond do you believe would be, is most negatively correlated to the stock market, hence providing you with the ultimate amount of protection should the stock market go down? And my quick guess to that question would be the 30-year government bond, i.e. the 30-year treasury. Uh, yep. Quick to speak to that before we go to commercial break. Well,
2: 100, 100%, that's exactly what you want. You want the, you want the lowest default risk, longest Bond that you can find, so U.S. Treasury, where the default risk is functionally zero, at the longest maturity you can right now, thirty-year bond, will provide you in the neighborhood of what we call twenty years of duration. So, if you had a hundred basis point drop in that rate, uh, it would be about a, it would be about a twenty to twenty-five percent return. So, yeah, the purest, purest contra correlated asset would be the longest U.S. Treasury you could find.
3: And again, what would happen for things at home? Uh, listening to high fi Radio, what would happen is the stock market, when it corrects, when it falls the next time, yes, when, not if, when the stock market falls the next time, you watch, bonds will go up because investors will be looking for safety for their money. And as they push a bond up, the interest rate, the implied yield on that bond would fall. But quickly, before you go to break, Mark, the next equity correction, how much do you think the 30-year bond could rally? Quick, quick, uh, we're,
2: we're at 166 right now. You know, I, th- I think that you could see compression on the 10-year down to zero. I think, you know, there's going to be some slope in the yield curve always, especially with the Fed trying to push towards, uh, a, you know, more inflationary environment. I think, you know, if you got 60, 70 basis points out of the long end uh, on an on a equity market correction, I think you'd be pretty happy with the return.
3: Right, and what would happen is you'd, your return would be approximately 12%.
2: I'd say it's be three quarters of twenty percent on uh, on about seventy five basis points. So, yeah, I'd say I'd, I'd say you're you're in the neighborhood of thirteen to fifteen percent of price price appreciation on a long bond that drops about sixty seven sixty to seventy basis points.
3: Interesting. It's a you know it's a trade I have never ever put on, um, and if, I I'm, I just won't do it down here at these low rates. I wish I learned this move a long time ago. But trust me, if I if I put that trade on. At, these, at this interest rate environment, uh, it won't work. I will get my head handed to me. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I won't put it well, your that, friends at home. Therefore, probably will work. You watch when the equity market sells off. <laughs> that next time, that that long bond, the thirty-year bond, will go up. It's a way to protect your portfolio. But again. I prefer to leave the bond portion of my asset uh, management to a professional like Mark Goldfield. It is very complex. There's a lot more higher math involved, and it is so interrelated. I wish I could get into a few currency questions with you because it did tie into the fixed income market, but we're going to pay some bills around here. Mark Goldfield, head of fixed income, Canoe Financial. Dude, a pleasure to have you on the show. I can't thank you. Enough you know, I,
1: lo-
2: I love doing this show, Wolf. Uh, you guys are good friends. Thank you. My pleasure.
3: A quick commercial break. We're going to get back with a rock star, entrepreneur, media mogul, and a man who knows the music business inside and out. His name, Jeff Woods.
0: Stay tuned.
2: Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
3: Hi-Fi Radio, Saturday night, Wolfgang Klein, portfolio manager, host for the next 45 minutes or half an hour, I should say. I love being here with you on a Saturday night. I really do. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, I remember back in the day when I became quite interested in Bay Street, I used to watch Lou Rukeyser. Uh, oh, it was just so old school, so classic. Uh, uh, some old gentlemen sitting around a coffee table looked like Scuttle, but Lodge to me. But uh, they would speak to the markets in an old school fashion, and people learned that the media has certainly changed, uh, including around the world of finance. A good friend of mine, Jeff Woods, um, long, long history in the music industry. Uh, did a nice stint at the, the almighty Q107. Of course, another course entertainment property in the same building. Of course, Hi-Fi Radio is virtually produced each and every week. Uh, I've been uh, paying a lot of attention to my good friend, Jeff Woods. I, of course, used to work at Sony Music as well, being a record rep. The man knows music. The man is as Toronto as can be. Uh, although um, he's following a bit of a trend towards uh The uh, good old Blue Mountain uh, Collingwood region, uh, where he has uh, put together uh, Wildwoods Blue Performance Studios. Um, And that's what I caught my attention, uh, Jeff. And thank you for joining us. Let's start with your Wildwoods Blue Performance Studios. I watched you build the studio on Instagram. Um, Tell me, did you manage to get that fully financed through? crowdfunding, and uh, I want you to speak to your your financial initiative to, to get that beautiful studio built, and uh, hey, how's it going?
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me on. It's wonderful to, to speak with you, uh, to see you, well, I mean, to contact you somewhere other than social media, which is a wonderful thing. However, it's nice to chat. Thanks for the words about the studio. It came together um, slowly Because of COVID, um, because it's hard to get people into your space. (laughs) Even builders are wearing masks and afraid to come to your space. But we made it happen. Last October, Wolfgang, I looked at my girlfriend. It's in her house. It's adjacent to her house, and I said this would make a great studio of 400. Oh
3: no! You looked at your girlfriend and said your health would be a great
1: studio, and she
3: said,
0: "Okay."
1: She actually did. And then I said, Oh, Jeff, that's (laughs) classic. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hey, it's her deed, it's her house. So, you know, I have great faith in the relationship because at the end of the day, the relationship has to work for the studio to work. Uh, (laughs) But it is working. And uh, to that question about funding, uh, I did something intelligent. One day, a few years ago, when I worked for a big corporation that you earlier named, I, uh, I I got involved in the share plan, and I put money into the pension plan. And then when I became 55 recently, I started taking money out and building a studio. So I was about 15000 short on budget. You know what budgets are like. You think, oh, I need about thirty-five, forty k to build a really nice little studio. And then it's almost twice that. So I crowdfunded the last
3: $15,000. As I speak to crowdfunding, please describe to the audience what it is, how you go about securing the funds, and what kind of an interest do those providers of quote-unquote capital have now in Wildwoods, Blue Performance Studios, uh, formerly his girlfriend's house, at the base of Blue Mountain. Is that it, is it the base of Blue Mountain?
1: Well, it really is. I mean, it's a block from Blue. It, it's on a street adjacent to Blue Mountain, uh, a street that houses were built in the 70s. Some of them have been torn down and, and rebuilt, and some of them are still standing like this one, which is quite contemporary considering its age. Uh, but the adjacent garage was a beautiful studio, so I changed the garage door into studio doors. And here we are with a view of the mountain when you open those doors up. The great question about crowdfunding. There's two ways, the way I see it, in my understanding of crowdfunding. If little Johnny has uh, a need for an operation and there's no money to pay for it, people ask for money sometimes and people with hearts donate money and the kid gets the operation. That's one way of looking at it. Then there's the business need of funding a project, which is what I had. And I don't believe in just asking for money. Hey, give me money. Thanks for being so kind. I want to give back. So the give back was um, various merchandise related to the studio at entry level and, and then passes guest list inclusion to events I'm putting on here, that is live concerts in a space that is effectively – twenty capacity rooms so intimate shows with great bands. You get passes if you donate. Those who donated two hundred dollars got two passes to an intimate show. Those who donated, you know, four hundred, six hundred, eight hundred, some of the people did were that generous or, or or that interested in music that we got up to fourteen thousand pretty quickly. And that
3: if you just I'm sorry, if you're just tuning into the show, it's I Fi Radio, it's a show about money. I'm Wolfgang Klein, host of it, portfolio manager, guy on Bay Street, partner Jack Hartle. Also on Bay Street, of course, it's a virtual COVID-19 world, a.k.a. 2020. Jeff Woods has joined us. Jeff Woods is a rock star in my mind. I've known Jeff for decades. Uh, of course, you formerly heard him on the almighty Q107, uh, did a nice stint at Sony Music. Also, uh, we're speaking, of course, about the studio that he built at the base of Blue Mountain in his girlfriend's house. What a nice girlfriend you had. Wildwood Blue Performance Studio. Uh, you are also, Jeff, if you don't mind, I want to touch on this very quickly, uh, the Horseshoe Tavern. Uh, you have uh, narrated uh, an audio book about the history of the Horseshoe Tavern and um, uh, Records and Rockstar, a, a, a radio show that you used to, I guess, do online, is going to make its way to Saga 960. It's a Mississauga community radio station that I have frequently been on the morning show to discuss business. So uh, all of these activities that you have, Jeff, you know, you're over 55. You had some money in the bank. Um, it, it's a Once you have some money, you can tell the world that, you know what, and do your thing. And that's exactly what you're doing. Uh, again, Jack and I were money guys. Uh, you took money out of an RSP, quote, unquote. We don't really like when people do that for their sake, not ours, of course, my good friend, because you do need to retire one day. You're putting a lot of money into your various projects. Uh, Describe to the audience the revenue stream, the business model behind what you're doing. I, what I see here is obviously it's, it's, it's a media play. You're creating content to create media, to create eyeballs and ears, uh, and hence the advertising model.
1: Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. There's two things. You no, know, you're right. I mean, I mean, there's three. You mentioned the audio audiobook, of which, if it sounds well, I get a cut of that. David McPherson, the great author, had me narrate it. And there's an upside to sales in that not only did I get a fee to narrate the thing, through my agent, but if it sells lots of copies, there's a little more money in it, so that's great, but it was a passion project, so that one was not about the money. In fact, none of these were about the money, but you have to live, so good point. As far as the radio show goes, I'm on uh, seven or eight radio stations, a few in America, a few in Canada, including Saga 960 AM in Toronto, who starts in November, running my show six hours a week at AM 960, which is great and that revenue model is they sell advertising and we split the revenue associated with that and and the client does super well because they get placement around the clock run a schedule of their advertisements as far as the radio show goes in other markets sometimes I get inventory I get 60 second spots within my shows say in Barry uh, not 95 so I can sell those directly to clients and, and, and we do the business, and the station doesn't pay anything, but they give up some advertising revenue. Um, what else? Oh, the, the, studio, the, the, the revenue model for your studio. Please. Uh, that's associated largely with all the things I produce in here, one being the radio series, two being the podcast. Two o'clock this afternoon, I have artists coming in to do an interview, and we will put it up next week. Uh, along with the 65 or 70 other interviews on the Records and Rockstars podcast. And we sell uh, dynamic ad insertion mentions to sponsors. For example, the town of Collingwood is one of my sponsors, and they get pre-rolls and in-episode mentions and social media mentions and tags, and they're happy to be a part of it, and they give me a monthly fee. It's largely based on monthly fees from sponsors.
3: I'm so impressed with you, Jeff Woods. I, I really, really, you know, you are an artist. Uh, you're, you're a very cool photographer as well. You, you shoot some great stuff. Uh, you know, you, you really get it. Um, you know, I don't know if you're as cool as the guy who did that uh, TikTok uh, ocean spray skateboarding thing, but you're pretty darn cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really, you, let's, let's talk about the kind of artist that you're able to attract uh, to your studio.
1: You know, I have to admit, the many years that I interviewed people like David Bowley and Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and Ozzy Osbourne, those were the years where I was in Toronto getting flown to New York and London and L.A. and all over the world to do that. I'm in Blue Mountain now. Mick Jagger's not coming to Blue Mountain a lot, so I'm not getting. <laughs> but, but the reality is, as you probably the Wolfgang, thing, is that, Artists of that caliber aren't making the volume of records they used to make. Therefore, they don't have the need to do interviews anymore either the way they used to. So my focus now is unknown, largely unknown artists who I have a passion for and think have great potential and great songs and great performance ability. So it doesn't matter whether they have a big name or not. It matters whether I connect with their music. And if I do, I invite them in. And if they come in, we do a podcast. So Carla Crawford this afternoon is a wonderful singer who's got a new record coming. I said, Carla, come in and play your, play your songs on my podcast and we'll, we'll publish it and somebody can hear it and you can maybe sell some records.
3: Now, uh, you, you give us some more artists, some more local content then, that, you bring in, that you bring into your studio. Uh, you, you know, they're, they're worthy of a good plug and a good mention.
1: Uh, artists? Did you say? Did yeah,
3: yeah, other artists that you had. They've they, they, they done some work with at your new studio. Uh, and what, what's on your? What, what's some names that are on your roster that you're working towards?
1: You, you know, there was a, a band out of. They got signed just before COVID struck at March. They got signed to a management deal in LA. They're out of Georgetown. The Hanna Brothers. They're called Mountainhead. I think this is one of the coolest, not only looking but sounding and produced bands anywhere. And. They've been a little bit for obvious reasons, like most of us have in some regard or another, because it's a mountain header one to watch for. They're really popular on social media and they're incredible musicians and they look like ZZ Top, but they don't sound like it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let's go to commercial break, uh, pay some bills around here. Old school, traditional model. Uh, Jeff Woods is our guest uh, for the rest of the show. Jeff Woods is a rock star. Uh, He's a man who continues to reinvent himself, but deeply, deeply steeped and immersed in the uh, Canadian and international music scene. Uh, It's a pleasure to hear of his stories past, and his uh, future, I think, is very, very bright. Uh, Stay tuned. Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, 640
1: Toronto.
0: Listen, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
3: That. What a better time to speak about money. Eh? And of course, it is Hi-Fi Radio. I am Wolfgang Klein, host of the show. And of course, your brother in arms when it comes to the world of finance. Jack Hartle is my partner and brother as well. Uh, And We're speaking with Jeff Woods. Jeff Woods, of course, a deep, deep, uh, longstanding friend of mine. Uh, Lots of history in the Canadian music scene. And uh, great to hear that you've been flown around the world. Uh, Hey, Jack, do you remember that stock that we once owned? And I continue to watch it. It surprises me that actually it's holding in as well as it is. Um, And that is Live Nation. That's true. Well, uh, they certainly have the, uh, a moat around the uh, the live music
4: and entertainment industry. But uh, Jeff, I was wondering if you could maybe speak to that. Uh, how, how does the live music and entertainment industry survive COVID and all these restrictions that we're going through and then uh, thrive when we come out the other side of it?
1: I think two ways. One, uh, deep pockets is, is one way people are surviving. And those without deep pockets, which is the rest of us, uh, tenacity, uh, faith, Uh, and day jobs. (laughs) I mean, there are musicians that thankfully have skills beyond playing guitar and singing uh, that can do other things to tide them over, or maybe they have a spouse, or maybe they had savings, or maybe they had an inheritance, or maybe they invested well. Most musicians didn't, so tenacity is a huge one. Uh, A roof, food, shelter, and clothing, if you can cover those fixed costs, and hang in there until things are better, vis-a-vis, what, uh, a vaccine? Um, the question isn't, will it come back? The question is, when is it coming back, the ability for bands to go and tour, a Live Nation? I don't think it's 2021, um, although maybe near the tail end of that year, things will get back. I was privy to an internal document from Live Nation that suggested 2021 is a write-off. I hope not. Things will come back, and those who are strong enough and fortunate enough, and have the right support systems in place, will survive, and they will be. It'll come back stronger than ever before.
3: Yeah, that's- you know, again, as, as, a, as, a, as a lover of music, I do miss live music more now than ever. It's incredible because you, you, you want what you can't have. And, Jeff, you and I have seen many bands uh, during our days in the industry. You probably three times as many as I have, but I certainly had my fill. Uh, when I worked in radio, it was a treat to be able to see the bands, the likes of you know Oasis and the Ramones and Bush and Bowie in places like Lee's Palace or the Horseshoe Tavern. Hey, um, speaking of which, Jeff, um, what's the latest scuttlebutt, uh, I'm very curious. And you, you've got to do, get him on your show. Cause I've tried it without success. Um, is, uh, the wick, uh, the Mike Wickley, or Mike, Mike Wickley, I think of course the founder or they're the, uh, the, the money behind, uh, the Elmo, El combo. Um, okay. have you, have you gone inside the new venue? In many ways they're, they're turning, they're going to use that as a studio. sounds similar to what you're doing. except I don't know if Wicker had, had to steal his girlfriend's house to pull it
1: off. Well, you know, I've been, the last time I was at the Elmo was uh, hanging out with Weck, and it was uh, for the sign lighting. There was a party in a tent in the backside of the building. Uh, God, it's over a year ago now. Um, And it was a pretty wonderful party. And that's a state of the art venue. And it has had some shows with limited capacity lately, as you've probably heard. Um, I've got regard for Weck. I've been to his house. uh, He always puts his arm around me, and and, and, and he treats me like a contemporary, which feels great because, you know, I've got 20 cents in the bank, and he's got a little bit more than that. Um, Weck is all about heart, and he's about opportunity, and he's about partnerships, and he's about all the things that I think matter when you uh, endeavor to have great projects.
3: You know, Wek was a star uh, on, on Bay Street. He was absolute star, highly, highly Everywhere. revered for his talent on Bay Street. Uh, to see him pivot into the world of rock and roll, uh, I tip my hat. I'd never met the gentleman, uh, but he is as colorful as can be. Uh, and and I really, I'm rooting for the man. I'm really, really rooting. And the, but the stories around him from his porch blowing up, oh my, it's funny, funny character. I'm dying to get into the Elmo. It, uh, I want to see the room. I want to get him on my show as well. Uh, perhaps you can help tee it up, and the two of you. Can join Jack and I. We can talk about the uh, Toronto venues. Let's, let's pivot over to the Horseshoe Tavern again. Very, very dear venue to my heart. Uh, the few times I get downtown, I drive along Queen. I see the venue. I feel for it. Uh, any word? How are they holding up? How are they surviving COVID? And will they survive? Perhaps if it doesn't, if 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 they don't allow us to go live venue for a few more years. I perhaps 2023. I hate to say it. Until uh, it gets back to normal,
1: Jeff. Yeah. Well, uh, Jeff Cullen uh, and and Craig Lasky, the the owners, uh, are doing everything they can given the situation they're facing to, to to survive. They don't own that building; they do own the business. No one's better at that business of live music in a small venue in Toronto than they are. Uh, I think that the, it will survive. I hope it will survive. Um, it's in their heart to have it survive, and it's in their ability. So long as uh, they continue to have a lease there, so long as um, they continue to uh, keep the wolves at bay. I don't is know. About Dan,
3: that. Sorry, is Dan Aykroyd still involved in that venue? And then again, in the interest of time. I want to talk a little bit about what you know about Lee's Palace. But yeah, is Dan Aykroyd still involved in the horseshoe?
1: No, no, he he, he never was involved in a in a financial capacity to to the shoe or even to uh, X rays or, or any of those. Uh, Toronto clubs that I recall. Everyone assumed that he was because he was around a lot with Richard Crook, who was a part of the show years ago. Um, but no. <laughs> uh,
3: and Jeff and Jeff, and Jeff Cone is, is now an owner of the business. He was basically responsible for, for for booking the talent at the Horseshoe Tavern uh, again yeah. when I when I knew him uh, some twenty years ago.
1: Of uh, course. And Craig came in in the '90s and uh, showed great vision. To take the thing into, into a new territory um, and, and get away from the tribe and the troop. Uh, but, but they still maintained a lot of the heritage artists. The Blue Robio was a huge part of, of, of the shoe, as you know, and still are. Uh, but, but Jeff Cullen uh, has great vision and great ability, and so does Craig Lasky. So, yeah, those guys came in in the 90s, and if anyone's going to make it happen through next decade, it's them.
3: Well, the gig economy continues. I, I, I just continue to respect your work, uh, Jeff, with the fact that you continue to survive in a very, very challenging industry. I saw many a men and women uh, be outsized in the industry in good times, uh, let alone bad times. And as our previous manager, uh, Mark Goldfield, said, uh, the economy was weakening prior to covid Covid just expedited the fall and has now, of course, exasperated the the, the bounce back. So markets have recovered. Uh, the global stimulus is there. The science, the science is continuing to move in a favorable direction. However, we're in wave two. We have to respect the science. Wave three, wave four will likely come, but we'll get through it. Uh, support your artists. Support the likes of Jeff Wood. Check out his uh, uh, various uh, feeds. And, of course, uh, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, give us a quick shout. Give yourself a quick shout out there, Jeff, where people can find you and follow you.
1: Yes, Jeff Woods Radio on all social media, jeffwoodsradio.com online. So uh, come come see. Come buy a hat. They're sexy. Wildwoods Blue Performance Studio.
3: And, And will Blue Mountain be open for the season to
1: ski? I'm not 100% sure, but I sure hope so.
3: Yeah, that Collingwood has become quite the hop and ground. I know many of folk from, well, from our industry, Jeff. I, I, I say again, I'm uh, very close to the entertainment industry. always have been, always will be, even though I became a suit on Bay Street. But uh, uh, Collingwood has a, a thing about it right now, and I, I hope uh, the vibe continues. Uh, look, I want to wish you all a great weekend, Jeff Woods. Uh, can't thank you enough for your time. A real pleasure uh, to get local uh, and continue to focus on what matters. Music does matter. You're good for music, Jeff Woods. Uh, Jack Hartle, partner in crime. COVID-19 continues, but we continue to deliver results for our clients, and we continue to bring you this show each and every week. Jack, of course, producer of the show. Good job, of course, sending up all those guests. Jack? Thanks, Wolf, and uh, have a great Saturday night indeed indeed I want to wish you at home a wonderful safe Saturday night please stay safe uh, and help each other uh, get through the crisis uh, good times ahead
0: making money is the best
2: so how do you make more money, Life Plenty of money come on back after this you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 Toronto
0: the proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.